News update. Since we recorded this episode, one of the volcanoes we talk about has erupted. It just goes to show that these volcano parks are still alive and can roar to life at any moment. I so wish I was there to see it. Uh, (laughs) But the volcano we're talking about is Mauna Loa in Hawaii Volcanoes National Park. So when we talk about Mauna Loa later in the episode, just know it has erupted and it may still be erupting when you listen to this episode. This is the Exploring the National Parks podcast with Dirt in My Shoes. My name is Ash, and I'm a former park ranger and the founder of Dirt in My Shoes. I think that the parks are best seen from the trail, and I'm here to make national park trip planning easy. And I'm John. I carry the kids on the trails, I tell stories, and notice all the things that Ash doesn't care about much, like birds. Join us as we show you around America's spectacular national parks. We're sharing our favorite places, fun facts, adventures, and misadventures. And we'll even throw in a little trip planning. Let's start exploring. The earth is roaring. It's coming to life. That's right. Today we're talking about national parks and volcanoes i'm so excited about today's episode of exploring the national parks because we get to talk about one of my favorite earth's most powerful things volcanoes i'm pretty excited too because this is a really cool list of national parks Mm -hmm. some of these parks really don't get a lot of airtime right (laughs) and so i'm super excited to talk about these volcanoes And cool places to see them. Yeah. So today we decided it would be a lot of fun for us to talk about these underrated places that have some amazing things. And volcanoes, I fell in love with volcanoes back in 2018 on our first trip up the Pacific Northwest coastline. And I had never really seen any of these Cascade mountain volcanoes before. And I was just blown away. I remember my first one, I was just like, We were on our way to Lassen and I was like, what is that off in the distance? It literally was like, oh my gosh, I saw Mount Shasta in the distance is what I was looking at. And I'm just, we're getting closer and closer. I was like, that really isn't just a cloud on the horizon. It's a mountain rising up in the distance. And so I was just so excited when we got close. And anyways, I could go on and we will go on today a lot about volcanoes and the national parks associated with some of the best ones. And so we're going to go ahead and get started here. But Ash, what is one of your favorite national park volcano things? Okay, so I wanted to start with talking about the king of all national parks having to do with volcanoes. (laughs) And that is Hawaii Volcanoes National Park. Mm -hmm. Yes. You can't talk about volcanoes without talking about how amazing this national park is. Mm-hmm. And I have kind of a love-hate relationship with it because I feel like every time we go, we barely miss like some of the best, coolest eruptions <laughs> that happen in this park. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so one of these days, like I have some money set aside that I'm like adding to this fund that it's just like the next time something big <laughs> happens in Hawaii Volcanoes. We are dropping everything and we are flying there and we are seeing the lava, dang it. Yes, absolutely. Oh my gosh. So just so everybody knows, Hawaii has the most active volcanoes on Earth. And Hawaii Volcanoes National Park has Kilauea. And the last time that it erupted was September 29th, 2021. 
And when were we there, Ash? We were there in June <laughs> of 2021. <laughs> and we were there for a family vacation. So I didn't really get to choose when we were going to be there. Mm -hmm. And I remember just thinking like we got there and we're like, there's literally like this park has the most active volcanoes in the world and they are not active right now. <laughs> I remember the lady in the gift shop. She was like, it's normally smoking. I don't know why it's not today. And we're like, we're here in Hawaii. We want to see the smoke. We want to see the lava. And it was like the one day that the volcano decided to take a nap basically. It yeah, was so I mean, funny. We have been there when we have seen the smoke and we have seen like the hue of the lava lake mm -hmm. as it goes on the smoke. So we're not by any means like <laughs> we have seen it. But the first trip that we took there was just before the um, Kilauea had one of the biggest eruptions that it's had in a long time. So that was in 2018. We were there right before that. Mm -hmm. But in 2018, it erupted massively right and like the whole like east rift zone just broke apart and there was lava flowing literally everywhere and it was like going <laughs> into the ocean like you can see videos of it just like pouring lava into the ocean and you could hike to it and go see the lava flow mm -hmm. actually like moving down towards the water this is also when the crater of Kilauea. So I have some stats here because I just thought it was crazy. So this was in 2018. And Kilauea is the youngest and the most active volcano on Hawaii. Okay. And so it's really cool. I mean, that's the main uh, volcano that you really get to like see stuff happening mm -hmm. in Hawaii Volcanoes National Park. But okay, so the crater of the volcano, so where, you know, the lava, mm -hmm. the epicenter, basically, right. in before this eruption in 2018, it was 280 feet deep and a half a mile wide. Nice. After the eruption, 1,600 feet deep instead of 280, <sighs> okay, and one and a half miles wide. Whoa. So it widened by a whole mile oh my gosh and then it like what that's like i don't know five times deeper than it was before uh-huh and in fact they had to close the road and there's a museum the jagger museum right on the edge of the crater of the caldera mm -hmm. um, and we've been to the jagger museum i mean it was open it was awesome <laughs> and you go in there and you could like learn more about the volcano and stuff well after this eruption in 2018 because the opening got so big, it collapsed so big, they closed down the Jagger Museum because mm -hmm. it's like literally like perched on the edge now. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. And so you can't go in the Jagger Museum. That's not open anymore. And you can still kind of drive around, but it's just it's not the same because the crater of Kilauea literally collapsed and just like made a massive hole yeah exactly that's why i love volcanoes so much because it is alive this is how the earth expresses itself you know on the surface where we can actually see it happening in real time but volcanoes are just so powerful and so amazing and i think it's just so much fun that we have some national parks that you know have volcanoes in them that people can learn about and celebrate and hike around and hawaii volcanoes is the coolest and most active example of that in the NPS system. 
volcanoes in Hawaii are shield volcanoes primarily. And so when we're talking about this, we kind of want to talk through, you know, there's four different types of volcanoes Mm -hmm. in general, and shield volcanoes is one of them. And so those are the type of volcanoes that you will see in Hawaii. And I also want to mention Hawaii volcanoes also includes Mauna Loa, Mm -hmm. which is the largest active volcano in the world. Right. So huge. It's so crazy because if you think about it, not only is it just what you see there, you know, when you're traveling around the island, but you think about Mauna Loa and everything coming up out of the bottom of the ocean. The shield volcanoes, they are land building volcanoes, basically. They build, they're like the only volcanoes that make land enough for people to live on. I mean, that's why Hawaii is there because of all these giant volcanoes. And so it's so cool because they are a little bit less dramatic, I think, than some other volcanoes that explode. Shield volcanoes are a little bit more runny, I guess is a good way to put it. The lava is a little bit more viscous and so it's not quite as thick and it doesn't explode as much. And so they'll have lava tubes, you'll have you know, fissures and and different things to help transport the lava around. And so these shield volcanoes just make these giant mounds of earth. And that's what Hawaii is. And so Mauna Loa, Kilauea, that's what they do. And so it's just such a cool way to experience the park because literally everything you're driving on and hiking on and seeing is a result of these volcanoes. Yeah. So some interesting facts about Mauna Loa not only is it the largest active volcano on the planet, it also takes up 51% of Hawaii Island. So the big island of Hawaii. Oh, wow. It's 51% of that island. There's 13,681 feet above sea level mm-hmm. that you can see, which is really tall. Yeah. I mean, it actually snows on the summit of some of these volcanoes. They're so tall. So if you can imagine... There's snow up on Mauna Loa and then, you Mm -hmm. know, you have the beach and the tropical weather down below. Right. But 30,000 feet is how tall it is total. Oh, wow. From the ocean bottom? Yeah. Jeez. So it's just a massive. It's taller than Mount Everest. That's what I was about to say. I was like, isn't isn't Everest like 28,000? Yeah. So it's taller than Mount Everest. Here's the kicker. This is what's crazy to me is that it erupts on average. Since like the 1830s, mm-hmm. it has erupted once every five years. Whoa. But it has not erupted since 1984. Oh, really? Yeah. So this, we are now in the longest quiet period that this volcano has ever seen since we've been recording what's been happening. <laughs> um, but like when you drive around the big island of Hawaii, I mean, everything is volcanic rock. Mm-hmm. You can see the lava flows, like where they come down, especially like if you're staying in like Kona. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's a little disconcerting because you're looking up at the mountain and you're going, I can see where there was an <laughs> eruption. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and your house is in the line of that lava flow, you Uh know, like it's crazy. And so, yeah, it's the biggest active one. They think, you know, for sure it's going to erupt again. Right. Because it has such a history of erupting so often. Mm -hmm. So I just thought that was so interesting. But um, yeah, those two volcanoes are part of Hawaii Volcanoes National Park. There are more Mm -hmm. on the big island of Hawaii. 
including Mauna Kea, which is even taller than Mauna Loa, you know, above sea level. You're actually 100 feet taller from Mauna Kea and you can drive up there to the very top. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of crazy. Mauna Kea is not part of the national park, but just the whole island in and of itself is like a giant science lesson on volcanoes. Well, it's so interesting as you drive around Hawaii and you just realize everything you're on is a result of the land building power of this volcano that you're on, this volcanic complex, I guess, that you're driving around. It's so neat, so unique, and I just love it. And I think Hawaii volcanoes, there's so many fun things to do there. I think one of my favorite things that is safe that actually puts you like in a crater of a volcano. I love hiking the Kilauea Iki Trail, the Kilauea Crater. Is it safe though? It didn't erupt (laughs) that long ago. It's true. What did what do you know ever? What did I can't remember, but I want to say you know it was within like the last fifty to seventy five years. Yeah. Oh, cool. And it's the middle of a volcano Mm -hmm. and you hike across it and there's like all these like openings that have like some steam coming out. You're just walking across the hardened center of a volcano. Oh, it's so much fun. And if you look at the map, like it's literally right next to the Kilauea giant crater. And so it's not that far away. No, it's not. That's why it's terrifying, (laughs) but so, so cool. It is so neat. I love and you can literally walk around the rim a little bit and then you hike down into the crater and then across the lava flows. And so that is one of my, I, I think that's one of the best ways to experience the volcano-ishness of the park, like to experience the volcano for yourself is actually walking in that crater. I think it's so cool. I absolutely love that. Well, I mean, it's not every day you get to hike through the middle of a volcano. Right. So that trail is amazing. Um, I also like, so there are some lava tubes, the Thurston lava tubes that you can walk through. Mm -hmm. So that's really fun. It's like kind of just a big giant long cave i can't believe they actually exist i think it's incredible yeah so you actually get to walk through the lava tubes where the lava would have moved through Mm -hmm. from this volcano and so that's really cool i love doing that in the park as well they're kind of like what you see in movies they're like giant earthworm tubes i really couldn't believe that that's exactly what they were that the lava just traveled through there and then just like drained out like water wherever it was going and left it open and vacant for us to walk through. It's so cool. Yeah. My other favorite thing to do when in Hawaii Volcanoes is to drive the Chain of the Craters Road. Oh, yeah. Because you're actually, you're moving further away from Kilauea and going down to the ocean, basically. Mm -hmm. But you're driving through all that lava flow. Right. And so you can just see the landscape change dramatically. I mean, there's not much vegetation or anything down as you're driving that road. Mm -hmm. It's just all black lava flow. Right. And where there is plant life, like it's amazing how where it is, it's amazing how quickly like and how little soil some of those plants actually need to create a little jungle, you know, and so it's kind of fun. And where there is plant life, that's like an ancient lava flow. And the new ones are the ones where it's all black and has no plants on it, you know. So you see geologic time a little bit on as you're driving and be like, oh, that must have been like, I don't know, 200 years ago. And this one was like 300 years ago. And this one's last week. I don't know. It's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. The last thing that, you know, if you're really wanting to see the volcanic activity 
in this park is to you'll do the crater rim drive, which goes around the crater. And that's the part that I kind of mentioned, you know, mm-hmm. it was affected by that 2018 eruption that collapsed the crater. Right. <laughs> but you can drive around there and you can actually there's some viewpoints you can stop at where you can get out and you can look down as good as you can down into the crater. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's places like if you go there at night or in the early morning when it's still a little bit dark, then you will be able to see that lava lake mm, kind of pro- glowing, projecting mm-hmm. the red and orange colors from it onto the steam that's coming out of that area. Nice. Yeah, that is super fun. I think that that would be a really unique experience for anybody who wants to go and do that to actually see the lake of lava, you know, and, and the light that it makes because that's so cool. You know, I think the thing that most people ask when they go to Hawaii volcanoes is where is the lava? Mm-hmm. And it changes. It just depends. You know, when you're there, it's going to be different than when we were there. Right. And so you'll want to go on to the official NPS website. They have like a place where you can click where you can see kind of where the best spots are to see the lava at that time. Mm-hmm. And so definitely check that out because the experiences we've had in the park are going to be different than what other people have going forward. Because it's just, it's constantly changing. Yeah, it's an ever-living landscape, and that's that's so neat about it. So, very cool. Number two, the next volcano park that we want to head to is my absolute favorite hiking park, Mount Rainier. The Great Mountain. Ah, I absolutely love this place, and it's a totally different experience than Hawaii volcanoes, but it's the Mount Rainier is a different kind of volcano than what you find in Hawaii. So Hawaii is a shield volcano, very flowy, kind of a big giant mound. Mount Rainier is considered a composite volcano, and those ones are kind of volatile. And so it's like Mount St. Helens a little bit. You never know when it's going to go, but there are telltale signs, you know, that scientists can figure out if it's a risky time to be there or not. But Mount Rainier, ah, it's huge. And composite volcanoes are the ones that just get thousands and thousands of feet tall. They're usually covered in snow. This one's covered in glaciers and it's got mountains all around it. And it's just the best hiking park ever. I love Mount Rainier. I found some really interesting facts about Mount Rainier because, you know, you don't think of it as a volcano park, Mm -hmm. even though it is a volcano. It's a very prominent volcano, but Mm -hmm. like... That's not why most people go there. Mm -hmm. But I thought this was interesting. Okay, so the last eruption of Mount Rainier was 150 years ago. Which is so soon. Yeah, I mean, geologically, that's like nothing. Yeah. But the thing is, is they also say that Mount Rainier is the most hazardous volcano in the Cascades. Oh, most hazardous? The most hazardous. Whoa. And... Most of that is because there are 3.3 million people that live within the strike zone of Mount Rainier. You know, uh-huh. you're not that far from Seattle. You've got some really big cities mm-hmm. around in that area. And so uh, that plus just the fact that when it erupts, there are going to be massive debris flows. Oh, because it'll melt all the glaciers on top of it, right? It's going to melt all the glaciers and that water has to go somewhere. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they have signs. I don't know if you remember when you're driving around Mount Rainier, there's like kind of the Nisqually area that goes down the front of Mount Rainier as you're coming in like around Longmire. Anyway, Mm -hmm. 
there are signs that like talk about how like hugely destructive it would be if Mount Rainier actually erupted or even just like warmed up a little bit. Right. You know, because those glaciers would melt and that massive amount of snow and water would have to go somewhere. And they're basically, if it happens, it's going to like decimate everything around Mount Rainier. Yeah. And one of the things that kind of is typical of a lot of these composite volcanoes that get huge like Mount Rainier is not only just the snow and ice flows and glaciers, but mud flows and rock flows and, and rock falls and things like that. And oh man, so one of the best examples of that actually is if you're in the sunrise area and you're kind of up near the visitor center and you look towards Mount Rainier, you can see this giant glacier and it's called the Emmons Glacier. It's actually the biggest glacier in the lower 48 and it's just sitting there, you know, on Mount Rainier. Well, you can't even see a large part of that glacier because it's covered up by a giant rock fall that happened, you know, a few decades ago. And it's actually covered up a huge part of the glacier. And so, yeah, you're exactly right. It's not only is the lava, you know, and the ash cloud, you know, yeah, dangerous. Well, composite volcanoes, like they're the ones that like, boom, you yes. know, so, like they destruct themselves uh-huh. when they erupt. They will tear themselves apart to relieve the pressure, that magma chamber that's feeding the heat and all of the lava that's coming out. So not only do you have a 14,000 foot volcano that's like ready to blow its top at some point. But it's a 14,000 foot volcano that will blow its top and all the water and mud and rocks and everything is just going to flow. Yeah. Ooh, that'll be crazy. So honestly, when I'm in Mount Rainier, I try not to think about that it's a <laughs> volcano. <laughs> uh-huh. You just try to admire the amazing beauty that you're enjoying and hiking around. Because, yeah, if you think about it being the volcano, then it does give you a little bit of eeriness to it. Which, in preparation for this, I had an ambiance YouTube video of, like, Mordor and Mount Doom going on in the background to kind of get me in the mood for this. It was pretty intense, so that's kind of what I picture. That's <laughs> that's the soundtrack of these volcanoes. Yeah, so Mount Rainier, there are so many cool things to do in Mount Rainier, but basically none of them revolve around it actually being a volcano. Right. So it's not like Hawaii volcanoes where you're like, where's the lava? And like, I want to hike on a crater and I want to, you know, do all these volcano-y things. Right. And there's not even necessarily like any hot pots or that many hot, like hot springs and geysers and stuff like you would think that there would be sometimes. No. So, I mean, it is primarily a hiking park. You know, there's lots of fantastic trails you can do. There's a lot of things you can do, but they're not necessarily volcano-y things. I would say the most volcano-y thing that I like to do to help me kind of appreciate the size and grandeur of Mount Rainier is as you're driving, like you were talked about a little bit earlier, a little bit past Longmire, before you really start heading up, up, up into the Paradise area, it's kind of after the Cougar Rock campground, I think, is as you go through, I think it's the Nisqually kind of uh, yeah that's the part i was talking about where yeah, they the talk can- about the, de- the gorge de- right yeah yeah so when we first went to mount rainier the mountain is big enough to create its own weather okay and so it took us five days outside of the park it was fairly nice and sunny but it took us five days to actually see the mountain in its entirety because it was creating its own clouds and everything like that but i remember specifically we were driving up 
there's this kind of this, not really, really a bridge, but it goes over these giant rocks in this gorge. And we just kind of parked the car and we got out to look. And the sun was just hitting a little bit right through the clouds. But you just look up this gorge as it climbs up the mountain towards the Nisqually Glacier and then towards the higher parts of the mountain that we couldn't even see. I was just like, this place is huge. I could not believe it. I was like, oh my gosh, we really are at the foot of a fiery giant. And it was just, it's just so neat. That's probably in my mind, that's the best way to experience the massive volcano-ness of this place. That's the spot where I fell in love with Mount Rainier. Yes. And I couldn't even see the mountain. Like, it was insane. We got out of the car and we just looked up that gorge and all of us on that trip were just like, whoa. Mm -hmm. And you couldn't even see the mountain, but you could tell that it was massive and it was overpowering and it was just like so majestic. Yeah. And I love clouds on tops of mountains because it really kind of lets your imagination go crazy a little bit because you never know what's up there. But when the clouds dissipated, I was in just as much awe of the place because it's just incredible. And up on top, I've never climbed up there, but I've seen the map and there are some like steam vents and everything at the very, very top of the mountain where people can get to and everything like that. But oh my gosh, just standing at the base of it and admiring it is just enough for me. I love it. Yeah, let's stay in the Cascades for the next volcano park. Okay. I love the Cascades. And for people that don't know, the Cascades are a chain of fiery giants that go from basically bottom of Oregon, top of California, and just creep up the Pacific coast through Oregon, Washington, and the North Cascades up even into Canada. Yeah, it's an incredible mountain range. I don't think I've loved a mountain range that much for so long. But yeah, so the Cascades are full of mountain, specifically volcanic. But if you go down into Oregon, you've got Crater Lake. Oh, I love Crater Lake. And Crater Lake is part of the Cascades. Mm-hmm. But the volcano, the actual volcano, Mount Mazama, yep. uh, it blew its top <laughs> thousands and thousands of years ago. Mm-hmm. So it's more of an ancient volcano. However, they say it's still active. It has not gone dormant, even though it hasn't erupted for like four to six thousand years. Wow, that's crazy to think. And I love what John Muir called it. I think he called Crater Lake the crown jewel of the Cascades. And it is just so beautiful. But I think one thing that as you're standing at the rim, and I like calling it the caldera rim, because if you don't know what a caldera is, and this will kind of explain how powerful the Earth's and this magma chambers and everything is, because what it does as it heats up the ground and as the volcanoes get ready to erupt, what happens is kind of the the earth actually rises. It's kind of like bread, you know, as it rises a little bit, it gets higher and higher and higher. Well, finally, this thing erupts a little bit. And as the lava on the outside of the volcano is kind of hardening and things like that, the magma, sometimes it recedes back down into the earth and leaves this big empty chamber where once that lava and magma had been. And then eventually that whole top collapses down. And so it's kind of like popping a giant bubble in a way. And so a caldera is what is left of that giant landmass that uplifted and then collapsed. And so when you're standing on the rim of Crater Lake, you know, when you're driving around it, that is the remains of that giant uplift of land that happened because of the pressure coming out of this magma chamber below the earth. 
It's so crazy. Mount Mazama was a composite, well, I should say is, uh-huh. a composite volcano. Right. Um, so it's similar to Mount Rainier where it's just, it's, it wants to blow its top. Yep. Actually, so some really interesting things. Mount Mazama used to be 12,000 feet mm-hmm. before it collapsed, before its eruption and where it blew and then collapsed. Now, the highest point of what's left of Mount Mazama, um, and you can hike to this the top of this peak in Crater Lake now, it's Mount Scott, mm-hmm. which is a very popular day hike. It's really cool. But anyway, now that's about 9,000 feet. So 3,000 feet taller. It lost. Yeah, it lost 3,000 feet. Could you imagine being there for that collapse? No. <laughs> but they do say that Native Americans did see it. They have some tales about it or yeah. something? Nice. It was like 7,700 years ago or something is is when the big one happened or whatever. And anyway, but um, so interesting. Well, something like that would definitely make it through oral histories, man. That's something you don't forget. Yeah, so we do have some history of that. So the caldera, like you said, the caldera of Mount Mazama is now full of water. Mm-hmm. And that's Crater Lake. Nice. I so. love it. It's so blue. It is so pretty. I love just standing on the rim. Because I've never seen bluer, clearer water. So do you know how deep Crater Lake is? I know that it's the deepest lake in the U.S. It's 1,943 feet deep. (laughs) So that caldera is massive. And then the caldera just filled with water. And the way that it filled with water was precipitation. Just rain and snow? Rain and snow. It's insane. There's 2,000 feet of rain and snow sitting in that caldera. Of a volcano. Wow. And that's Crater Lake. That is so cool. Here's something else. Okay, I'm like dying. I totally geeked out on this. <laughs> Which, if you know me, that's not that totally normal. very often. She's yeah. getting geeky. I love this. Mount Mazama is ranked 17th among the 161 potentially most dangerous volcanoes. No way. 17th. So, I mean, they're not saying it's dormant. They're not saying it's not going to erupt again, even though it's been a long time. It still has massive potential. Nice. So that's pretty crazy to me. Here's something that is so cool. So when you're looking at a picture of Crater Lake, you'll notice there's an island in the middle of Crater Lake. Mm -hmm. And that island is called Wizard Island. Now, Wizard Island is actually a cinder cone, Mm -hmm. which is another type of volcano. They're it's much very, smaller. Yes, it, but it's very, very common to see these cinder cones, which is basically just where like another heat vent opened up. And it's, I, I want to say it kind of acts more like a shield volcano where it just kind of builds up over time. Mm-hmm. So it opens up and then it builds. But in the most like perfect volcano shape yeah. generally. Yeah, it's not, it's not shaped like the shield volcano because the shield volcano literally does look like a shield. Right. <laughs> that's right side up on the ground. Mm-hmm. But um, OK, so Wizard Island is a cinder cone. And this is crazy to me. I mean, it's pretty big right. when you look at the picture, right? Uh-huh. Only 2% of Wizard Island is above the water. Really? Crazy, right? Whoa. Really didn't expect that. I thought that the lake would be totally different shape underneath the water. No. So here's what they're talking about. Like they go scuba diving. They send equipment down there. Like people are down in that lake looking around because it's the inside of a volcano. 
So it's not like a regular lake basin, you know, like there is stuff going on down there. Wow. Journey to the center of the earth Crazy, kind of experience right? there. I know. And so go look up a picture of Wizard Island and then just imagine you're only seeing 2% of what's there. I feel like whoever named stuff at Crater Lake had a real like fantasy streak going on. Do you know what the crater at the top of Wizard's Island is called? Oh, something about a a witch or a witch's cauldron yeah. so you got wizard's island at the very top the crater of wizard's island is witch's cauldron and then further out on crater lake you know kind of near one of the rim sides is the phantom ship and so i just feel like whoever named stuff here i love their imagination and i want them to like write a story about what happened here you know i think it's so fun yeah crater lake is so cool even though you can't really like, it doesn't look like a regular volcano. Mm -hmm. You know, I think a lot of people go there and kind of look down into it, not realizing exactly what they're looking at. Mm -hmm. Because it is a big, massive, beautiful lake. You right. Know? And so that kind of takes away a little bit from the volcano side <laughs> of this park. A lot of people don't realize all the history behind, like, how that lake got there. Right. So wow. I just think it's so cool. Yeah. I think one of my favorite ways, without having done like a whole lot of research, and my favorite way to kind of experience the volcano-ishness of the park is to drive the whole rim of Crater Lake. Yeah. That's one of my favorite activities to experience the volcano and to see how massive it is and just to see the whole caldera and the crater from all different angles. That's my favorite way to do it. Yeah, it's so cool. You can also, you can hike down to the lake. There's one trail. Uh -huh. <laughs> one trail that takes you down to the lake where you can catch a boat. Mm -hmm. And you can take a boat tour around the lake. You also have the option of taking a boat tour that will stop on Wizard Island. Nice. And let you get out and you can hike up to the top of Wizard Island and go see the Witch's Cauldron. So, that would be so cool. Yeah, we haven't done that because for like the past, what, five years or something their boat tours haven't been running as normal and they haven't been stopping in all the places and they've been like starting later in the season than they are supposed to mm -hmm. <laughs> there's been all sorts of things that have happened with those boat tours so we have done the boat tour and it's definitely worth it but we have not done the tour that actually stops on wizard island so that's definitely next on my list right and did you know that if you go to the witch's cauldron on a blood moon in an autumn harvest that the whole area will open up and you'll find a gateway to the center of the earth. I'll see you there. <laughs> um, I mean, a couple other things you can do that are really volcano-y in Crater Lake is you can hike to the top of Mount Scott. Um, that's the one I mentioned that's the highest point of what was Mount Mazama now. Mm -hmm. So you can hike to the top of that, kind of getting the same feeling that you get when you drive around you know it's like you're getting a bird's eye view of the volcano mm -hmm. basically so that's super cool there's also a hike called the pinnacles and that one's only it's less than a mile round trip but mm -hmm. it takes you down into an area where there are like pinnacles from when the lava went through that area and hardened and anyway it's super that is pretty cool, cool. i yeah. remember when we did that with the boys it's kind of unexpected to see yeah. that. Well, again, it feels unexpected because you're thinking that you're just at a really pretty lake. Right. And not at a <laughs> volcano. So Exactly. That's so true. Yeah. So that national park, as far as volcanoes go, I think is just like such a cool example 
of something totally unique, mm-hmm. but still super volcano-y. Yes. Oh, love it. I wonder if volcano-y is actually a word. <laughs> I feel like I've been saying that a lot. <laughs> uh, Probably not. Uh, we'll put it in Urban Dictionary. Next national park that is centered around volcanoes, also in the Cascades. Yeah, baby. I know where we're going. We're going a little south of Crater Lake, right? Yeah. So we're working our way down the Cascades. We started up at the top at Mount Rainier. Now we're down Crater Lake in Oregon. And now we're down in California, which is which park, John? Lassen Volcanic National Park, which is such a cool place. It's kind of under the radar and it really shouldn't be because it's so neat. But it's in California, but California is so huge that it's the only like out of the way area (laughs) of California, I feel like, that people don't explore very much. And I love being up there. It's mountainy, but uh, Lassen Volcanic is a really unique national park because we'd like, you know, we've kind of told you what kind of volcano some of these other ones are, like shield volcanoes or composite. Well, Lassen actually has all of the different kinds of volcanoes in its volcanic area. And so it has one main like hot spot in the park, but outside of that hot spot, it feeds like some composite areas and it feeds some plugs and feeds some shield areas and some cinder cones. And so you can find a wide variety of volcanic stuff inside Lassen Volcanic. That really is crazy to me because so far, all the parks we've been talking about basically have just one type Mm -hmm. or two. You know, sometimes the cinder cones like show up in there a little bit, too. But uh, yeah, when I found out that Lassen Volcanic had all four major types of volcanoes in, you know, a relatively small area. It's It's not not that big a place. Yeah, it's not a very big national park, but like it has all four. That's insane that's so cool (laughs) but unless you know that and are looking for it you just drive around and think this is a cool hiking park you know because it does have some volcanic stuff but generally speaking i mean unless you visit bumpus hell and see the sulfur works area i mean you wouldn't necessarily notice a giant caldera or like some a whole lot of cinder cones you kind of have to look for it a little bit Yeah, yeah. So Lassen Peak, which is what the name of the park is based off of, and that's like the main peak in the park, Mm -hmm. is a plug dome volcano. It's actually the biggest plug on the planet. Yeah. So do you want to talk about what plugs do? Okay. So plugs, there's some different features regarding plugs. So a plug usually has kind of thicker lava, thicker magma that comes up. And so it doesn't run like a shield volcanoes will. And so what it does is it just kind of builds up and builds up taller and taller and taller and creates this dome that eventually just hardens and looks like a mountain, a big domey mountain. And I don't know, it's just so neat. But those plug volcanoes also can kind of create some interesting land formations as they erode away. And so like one example of this is we're didn't necessarily plan to talk about it, but Devil's Tower is the result and the final remaining part of like a plug volcano part because it's that last remaining super hardened rock that didn't erode away and everything else did. And so at the center of Lassen, who knows, maybe in like two million years, we'll have like a Devil's Tower or something kind of like that. But it's a really 
unique, like they can create some really unique land formations. So what do they look like when they erupt? When they erupt, they kind of spurt. So they don't really, they don't run, they don't go boom. They just kind of spurt up a little bit and then the lava gathers and grows around the area where it sprayed out of the... So it creates a plug in the center of it because of how the lava is acting. Correct. Yeah, but it can shoot stuff because that's what the whole devastation trail is right. in Lassen. And that's actually the remnants of what happened on the last eruption. Yeah, which wasn't that long ago, you guys. It was not that long ago. They actually had people that I think photographed it. It was between 1914 and 1917. Mm -hmm. It had um, several eruptions during that time frame. Mm -hmm. And then you can walk around the devastation trail and you can see like rocks that used to be on the top of Lassen Peak that are now on the ground mm-hmm. <laughs> at the devastation trail, you know, how many miles away? Like, it's pretty far away. It's super cool. And if you think, like, they tell stories, there's some stories that you can read about how after things exploded, people were like, okay, I think it's been long enough. And they drove back into the park to kind of see and examine what happened. And people could put their hands on these rocks and they were still like sizzling hot. It's so cool. Yeah, it's cool because as you're driving around the park road, too, you'll just see like these big, massive rocks like sitting on the side of the road. Mm -hmm. And they're all rocks from Lassen Peak when it (laughs) erupted, which would be terrifying. But like 100 years later, you know, it's pretty cool to see. Yes, absolutely. So I'm, I'm so glad that they set this apart as a national park, but I wouldn't have wanted to be there. I'm happy to visit now, but I wouldn't have wanted to be there, you know, when it happened. That would have been crazy. But what's really unique about this park compared to a lot of the other ones we've already talked about so far is this one actually does have like some fumaroles or like that's where gases and and like steam and everything can come out of the ground. And like a lot of the other national parks we've talked about don't have any of those things. And that's all centered kind of in the Bumpus Hell area. It's kind of like the Yellowstone area of Lassen. And it's pretty unique and it's really fun. It smells bad, which I love. It smells like all sulfury. And that's my favorite place to experience the actual volcanoness of this area. Yeah. So Bumpus Hell is three miles round trip. It's not too bad. It's a pretty good family trail. Mm-hmm. If you don't want to hike, you can see Sulfur Works right next to the road, just mm-hmm. a little ways down the road, which also is like the bubbling mud and stuff. So you do get more Yellowstone-ish features in this park Mm -hmm. you can also hike to the top of lassen peak right so you can hike to the top of the volcano (laughs) which is super cool that trail is about five miles another option is if you want to see some composite volcanoes Um, they're down there like on the southern entrance of lassen Mm -hmm. and you can hike to the top of brokoff mountain which used to be Mount Tahama, which is the composite (laughs) volcano that blew its top. Um, That one's really cool. That one's seven miles round trip. Um, You can hike to the top of a cinder cone kind of up in the northeast part of the park. It's a little bit more far removed from the main park road, but you can do that. And so there are a lot of really cool things that you can do in this park to see all the different types of volcanoes that are here. It's so true. And And yet my favorite thing to do in Lassen is to just chill in Manzanita Lake. Yeah, we like to kayak (laughs) that lake. (laughs) I love to just 
put my feet in the water, put my little kayak in the water and just float around Manzanita Lake. And you can see some of the peaks from there. And so, you know, it's the safest place to be, if you ask me, if the volcano were to erupt. I got my own nice, cool water resource. Yeah. Good to go. Yeah. That, that park is super cool and very underrated. I feel like it's just a really neat place. And you can see all four types of volcanoes, which will just blow your mind. So yes. super it, cool. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And now I think we're going to head back to Hawaii, right? Yeah. For our fifth park that we want to talk about volcanoes, we got to go back to Hawaii. Yes. And we're going to the island of Maui and it's Haleakala National Park. When we first wanted to travel to this national park, we had no idea how to say its name. And so we tried out a whole lot of different ways to say it. (laughs) We tried Haley Akali. Oh my gosh, that was not a real try. That was just (laughs) us being stupid. I kept calling it... Haleakala, I was just putting the emphasis on the wrong syllable. Right. But yeah, we had to ask a ranger. We're like, how do you really say this? But we're pretty good at pronouncing. We're usually pretty good. Yeah, we're pretty good at pronouncing the Hawaii names. But yeah, <laughs> that one, we we started calling it Haleakali as a joke just because it was funny. It was pretty darn funny. <laughs> but one thing I, I think that is interesting about this park, it's very different from Hawaii volcanoes. Even though they're both in the state of Hawaii, they're both shield volcanoes, it looks and feels very different. And I feel like it's kind of got a little bit more vistas that I I think that you can see. The Hawaii volcanoes is so big and broad that you don't really get a whole lot of, you can't see like across a valley or see it through a giant crater, generally speaking. You have the big one, but I feel like Haleakala you get more views and you can see through time better because I feel like you can look down. There's this one viewpoint that I absolutely love. It's the Lalewai Trail Lalevi. and Overlook. Uh, yeah. I don't remember how to say that one properly and people are going to crucify me for saying it wrong. But there's what's so cool about this specific overlook is you can see how high this volcano grew from the ocean and then you turn the corner And then you look into this giant crater of Haleakala and you can just see, it literally looks like, oh my gosh, that was a million years ago. This was 10,000 years ago. You can see time in geologic terms and it's so cool. Yeah. So Haleakala is the name of the actual volcano up there. Right. (laughs) And, you know, it really does dominate the Maui skyline pretty good. It's a huge volcano. The summit is 10,000 feet above sea level. Which is so high. Yeah. Because it's just coming straight up out of the ocean. It is. And this is another shield volcano, the land building volcanoes that grow up gradually. Mm -hmm. You know, but they say actually what's cool about these volcanoes is that they are so heavy that they're actually bending the Earth's crust. What? Yeah. Yeah. So Haleakala is like a prime example of that. It actually is so heavy that it's like bending the crust down where it's sitting on top of it. <laughs> like when you're sitting on a trampoline. Yeah. And so that's what it's doing. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? And wow. but the way like you were saying, you know, it is very different from Hawaii Volcanoes National Park. Um, Mainly, I think for me is because this volcano is not bubbling and spewing. It's not really doing anything, right. you know, so the last eruption was four to six hundred years ago Mm -hmm. 
So it's not extinct. They're saying it's still, you know, there's still the possibility of it erupting again. And there's still stuff going on under there. And but it has been a long time since anything has really come out actively. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it kind of changes the feeling of that national park versus Hawaii volcanoes. Like you said, it is a lot of viewpoints. You can actually drive to the summit, which that drive was pretty crazy. Yeah. You know, you are going uphill, uphill, uphill. I just have something to say. People ride their bikes down that road. Like it's you can, pretty treacherous. You can actually like book a bike tour and they will drive you to the top of Haleakala and then put you on a bike and let you just go free. And that is like my worst nightmare. <laughs> I can't think. I am terrified of riding bikes. I'm getting better. I've been practicing, so mm -hmm. I'm not quite as scary on them. But like. We saw people riding down that road on bikes, and I was just like, oh, what are they thinking? Because even in a car, it's like it feels so steep. You're working mm -hmm. your way up very steeply to the top of this volcano because you're basically going from sea level to summit. Yeah, I bet you those uh, bike rental or bike tour companies have to replace the brakes on those bikes like every two weeks because I think I would just be riding the brakes all the way down. That I don't see crazy. how you could go any less than like 60 miles an hour down that road. <laughs> yes. Yes. Which is why I felt like my poor rental car was like, do I really have to go up this mountain again? Yeah, oh, it man. is so cool, though. So when you get up to the top, there's a couple of things that I think are just like standouts in this park. Mm -hmm. The first being you really do need to hike at least a portion of the Sliding Sands Trail. Yeah. This is the trail that starts you from the rim and drops you down into the crater. You know, so you can walk around, you can explore the hardened crater of Haleakala. So that's really cool. It is a super long trail. It's really hard. It is. So it drops about 2,500 feet in elevation to get from the top down to the crater floor. And then, you know, beyond that, if you want to do any exploring, it's pretty flat. But then you got to come back up. Yeah. <laughs> It's really challenging if you're not expecting or you don't have the right footwear or something like that. I could see it being really challenging. And this... You could see it being really challenging? Well, it was really We've challenging. We've done it and it was. It was hard. <laughs> yes. Don't do it in flip-flops because that lava rock will just tear up your feet if it gets underneath you. But no, it was, it was such a fun trail. And like I was talking about before, you can see there's cinder cones inside this big crater, but it's not even like a full crater. It's kind of like a a crater that eroded away. It's kind of like what you imagine Mount St. Helens, you know, a big side of it blew off is kind of what it looks like. And so, and you can see, oh man, there's a cinder cone over here and there's a cinder cone over there and there's a lava flow over here. And you can, I think if my memory serves me right, you can tell which lava flows are older because they've oxidized more. And so the rocks are a little bit more red. And so, the colors of the different lava flows that happened at different times throughout the history of the park. I mean, they're all different because they've sometimes even the chemistry makeup of the lava is different from the one before it. And so they have different minerals inside, but they're all at different levels and different stages of erosion. And so, like I was saying, there's different colors everywhere and there's almost no plant life inside the crater. And so you can see everything super clearly. And so that's one of my favorite things about it. 
Yeah, the colors are super cool in that park. So one more thing about the Sliding Sands Trail, you can just, there is just an overlook that's like half a mile round trip. Mm -hmm. So you can hike down that. So you're kind of, you know, you go in a little bit and then you look out and you can see a lot of really cool stuff. But you can see that trail kind of taunting you down into the crater a little (laughs) bit because it looks really cool from Mm -hmm. above. But yeah, if you're going to hike it, Honestly, there's really no reason to go all the way down to the crater floor if you don't have the time to kind of hike around it a little bit Mm -hmm. because it is pretty challenging, but it's super cool. Like if you just want to hike down there and just stand inside of a volcano for a minute, Mm -hmm. so cool. Oh, I absolutely love it. It was so much fun. And I think one of the things that we did there that was really neat was we stayed pretty much all day. We got up there early. We did a bunch of hiking and we stayed there. and. What was amazing was how different I needed to dress for different parts of the day because it's so high that from the beach where we were at the beginning of the day, you know, it's nice and warm and hot. You know, you're in your shorts and flip flops. You get up to the top of the mountain if it's still early. I mean, it's pretty darn chilly up there. And then during the middle of the day when you're hiking down the sliding sands trail, you know, you're pretty hot again because you're going up that big hot trail. Everything around you is black, you know, and so it kind of get warm again. But then at sunset, when we were, oh, the sunset was gorgeous and it was really cold again. It was so cold. We were <laughs> like, I, the kids didn't even come out until it was actual sunset. And then they came out, <laughs> looked at it, went back in the car. It was cold. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that's a good point because the weather fluctuations were pretty intense. I think we were a little underprepared just for the temperature swings. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I mean, mentioning the sunset. So it's really popular to go up to the top of Haleakala. It's the Pu'u'ula Ula Summit is Mm -hmm. where most people like to go for either the sunrise or the sunset. If you're going for sunrise, you have to get like a timed entry. You have to actually make a reservation Mm. to go for the sunrise. And we kind of Went back and forth, but the sunset was just as cool and not as busy. Yeah. And you can stay as long as you want, basically, too. So, I mean, if you want that experience, but your kids wear out and you're like, yeah, well, we're not making that. It's not like you had to wake up at four o'clock in the morning to get up there, you know, because you have how early do you know how how early it was super early. You have to leave around like four, four thirty to get up there in time for the sunrise. And so it is really early. And then sunset, you can just kind of hang out at the end of your day and wait and still have a gorgeous view. It's just the sunset sets off kind of the opposite side towards the ocean versus like over the crater. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it was phenomenal. Some of my favorite pictures in any national park, those sunset photos in Haleakala. Yeah. And then you get to go back down the mountain and then have fish tacos. Yeah, that that park is so cool. And it's very diverse, you know, but that area where you're driving up to the summit is where you're going to see the most volcano-y things. Right. But what a lot of people don't know about Haleakala, I'll just mention this real quick, uh-huh. is that there is another section of the park and you've got to drive the road to Hana to get there. Right. Um, And the road to Hana is like one of those super popular scenic drives that people do when they're on Maui anyway. Mm-hmm. So if you drive it all the way around, you'll get to another section of Haleakala that's more like the waterfalls and, and stuff like that. Right. So not only do you have the really super cool barren wasteland of the crater at the top, but you have awesome Hawaii jungle and banana bread along yeah. the Hotahana. 
to the other volcano sections. Yeah. So that park is just super cool. I feel like we do have to mention one thing. We are not forgetting about Yellowstone when we're talking about these volcanic national parks. Right. Because those are our five. Those are the five we wanted to talk about. Hawaii Volcanoes, Mount Rainier, Crater Lake, Lassen Volcanic, and Haleakala. Mm -hmm. Because those are like the big volcano national parks. There are some national monuments that are also volcanic. Right. We didn't want to talk about those today. But we are not forgetting Yellowstone. I know people are going to be like, what about Yellowstone? (laughs) We're not forgetting about it, but it's just it's not the same as like these big, massive here's a volcano in the national park. Right. And well, we're also this was an episode about volcanoes, not super volcanoes. Right. And so I was actually doing a little bit of learning. I was like, what is the definition of a super volcano? And I didn't realize this. They actually have a scale of how they drink and judge kind of like a seismologist would for earthquakes and stuff. So in order to qualify for a super volcano, the scale is zero to eight and you have to be able to erupt at an eight. Oh, wow. (laughs) To be considered a super volcano. So you literally have to be at the top. But also when you do erupt, you have to expel lava and ash and, you know, all the stuff that comes out of a volcano you have to emit that over 200 cubic miles of space to be considered a supervolcano. The biggest thing that I think is crazy to me is that supervolcanoes have to erupt at least 16 miles into the atmosphere in order to be considered a supervolcano. I can't even imagine. And so none of the volcanoes that we talked about today are at, at an eight. So that's why we didn't talk about Yellowstone very much. This was about the other volcanoes, the more friendly volcanoes that won't incinerate a continent. Yes. But I hope you enjoyed this episode. It was really fun to talk about some different parks that a lot of people don't know about. If you have any questions, let us know. Or if you have a favorite volcano site uh, that we forgot about or you'd like to know more about, let us know. Absolutely. There's. Uh, we would love to to hear from you. And if you do want to learn more about like the Yellowstone Supervolcano, go to the Yellowstone Fun Facts episode that we did. We covered it pretty good talking about that. In fact, fun, fun fact number one. So, but yeah, volcanoes. I'm just so glad we got to do this. It was so much fun. I love visiting volcano national parks to celebrate and enjoy the majesty and stand in awe of these giant fiery giants. It's so cool. Thanks for exploring the national parks with us. Please share, like, and subscribe. And if you need any help planning your own trip, click on over to dirtinmyshoes.com. See you next week. Same time, same place. And don't forget to get some dirt in your shoes.